you're listening to Geek Jabber Live, the show where the main host has a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Strap yourselves in and dial up the disappointment. Welcome to Geek Jabber Live. Yes, we've made it to episode four of Geek Jabber Live, and I will words properly in a moment. Um, we are sponsored by nobody because we're not fucking sellouts. Um, now, we have myself, Tim, over in this corner, and over in the other corner, we have uh, Mr. Nick. How are you tonight, or today, Nick? Hey, yeah, it's, it's been a couple of weeks, actually. Yes, that it has. Yeah, been travelling around the place, you know what it's like, COVID life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But no, it's good to be back. Uh, good to be back, good to be live on air in what is perhaps the dodgiest show on the internet. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here, right? That's why we're here to, you know, the good the good end of the town can be um, done by the paid pro- professionals. We can just be the dodgy little backwater. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a little chat in the corner here. Yes. Um, speaking of uh, chats, um, we're probably a little bit late to the party on this one, but um, I think it'll be a good, uh, good thing to start on. I'm sure a lot of people know by now the situation with Twitch and how they had a rather large amount of uh, material breached and uh, leaked onto the yeah. internet. Yeah, that wasn't so good. Uh, I think it's less than ideal. I think you, you can agree with that. Yeah, less than ideal. Caused a few uh, publicity problems. Yeah. Yeah, but look, at the end of the day, I, I wonder how many of the users actually care. Yeah. Well... I, I think, um, like, there's got, there was a huge uproar about it, and I think that's kind of understandable. Hmm. Um, I think to put... Which is a big, big brand, like, huge brand. Yeah, it's, I think, the biggest the biggest streaming service in gaming at the moment. 100%. Um, I think there's a couple of things to we should, have, should point out. Um, what we know so far is that... Uh, uh, there's been a lot of the actual source code behind Twitch actually leaks of the, the code that actually runs the site. Um, there's been a lot of information on um, sort of payouts, particularly for the larger streamers. So how much Twitch are actually paying them in terms mm. of uh, donations and subscriptions and all the other stuff that you can get on Twitch. Um that's kind of had some unexpected results because now you can see how much these streamers are actually getting paid. Yeah. Uh, Have you got some figures? Uh, not off the... I think the... Um, like, I'm sure these guys are making some decent coin. Yeah. Um, that's actually a thought. Um, I'm sure somebody's actually published it. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the interesting things that was uh, released in the breach was... Uh, the they actually have a no ban list apparently so you know everyone knows about bans and you know being kicked off servers and things like that but twitch and and other providers out there like this is no secret but have a no ban list and uh that was published along with the breach as well so it seems like uh a lot of twitch's you know uh very top streamers if you like uh have been placed on this special list where any bans or any disputes that come up in relation to their channel are reviewed and uh, 
one of the usernames interestingly enough i had a look at the the, the list itself and uh, one of the users that came up was um one of the ceo staff which was uh, literally had the comment do not ban literally for any reason so <laughs> yeah. you know, such a thing exists yeah well i'm just having a look now i've just uh, managed to find out of the data breach um i'm assuming these figures are um somewhat accurate so i have not verified them myself but they're recent enough that they're probably from the breach so rounding out the top is the user critical role a little over 9.6 million US dollars. Number two, XQC at $8.4 million. Wow. Third, Summit 1G, $5.8 million. TFU, $5.2 million. Nick Merckx, $5 million. Ludwig, three. So, yeah, we're talking about um, some big bucks for some of these uh, streamers. Yeah, definitely. And you can probably guarantee, like I haven't trawled through the entire no ban list, but I can guarantee that uh, those guys will be on it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it raises, uh, and why I sort of bring this in tonight, it sort of brings into focus what we all need to do to basically look after the, um, look after our security, because... Um, let's face it, this was a blunder by Twitch. Um, so they've owned, yeah. up, they've owned up and basically said one of their servers wasn't configured correctly and that's allowed somebody to get in and perform the breach. Um, the reality is, this, in this case it was Twitch, but this is not the first high pro... I will, I'm not wording properly tonight at all. This is not the first high-profile breach, and I would hazard a guess that it's probably not going to be the last. You know, no, if you have a look look at the source code, these sites are powered by hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of lines of code. It only takes a mistake in one of them for a breach or one area of code for yeah. a, a vulnerability to exist. So this could yeah. happen to anyone. 100%. The software behind these sites is complex. It is very difficult to write it without making a mistake. It is very difficult to configure that number of servers without making a mistake. So, you know, in this case, I think Twitch have owned up to it and are taking steps to mitigate the damage. But part of the yeah. responsibility also um, also falls on us to make sure our accounts are as secure as they can be so that even yep. when these things happen, we mitigate our own damages. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of the responsibility is on the end user. And, uh, and this, is, this is something interesting. I found a lot of people actually doing this. Uh, a lot of websites will ask you to sign in with your Google ID or your Facebook ID or you know, your Apple ID, whatever it is. Um, even though the, those sites are not related to those services, that is a big no-no. If you're going to create an account on a website, create a, an individual account on those websites. Don't use your uh, Facebook account, for example, to sign into a completely different service because that's where a lot of your data gets leaked and, you know, 
you don't have control over over that data once it leaves uh, that platform, and yeah. then neither does Facebook, for example. Yeah, and it like it. The reason they do it is a convenience factor. Having said that, yeah. um, the risk is if they if someone can get access to your Facebook account or Google account or whichever one you've used, mm-hmm. you can um, they basically have an avenue in to all these yep. other sites that you've linked to that account. Absolutely. And the other thing is, like, you're, you're, you're leaching private information into those other services. And uh, at the end of the day, if you can stick with one account per website, uh, you, you're going to be pretty good. Make sure you use a unique password yep. for each account you have. Don't recycle the same passwords. And I know in the previous episodes, we've mentioned haveibeenpwned.com. Uh, have a look at that and you can actually see whether your email account or passwords have been involved in a breach. Yeah, so, yeah, going back, I mean, we we kind of thoroughly went over password security in our first episode and linking all this stuff together. Um, I think it's sort of worth going over it again because you raise a good point. No, if, if if you are reusing passwords, this breach should be a reminder to rethink that practice. Mm-hmm. Um, because although Twitch has said we don't believe that any password secured, passwords have been breached yet, this was part one, so we don't know what yet is coming in part two or part three or whatever parts, other parts. So it's That's possible. Right. So, no. And if, if the attackers have ob- obtained hashes of those passwords, there's nothing to say that those hashes can't be broken in the future. Yeah. Uh, particularly if a, a weak hash has been used or a weak al- algorithm has been used or, you know, those passwords exist in what's called a rainbow table. Um it's uh, you're best off uh, using, uh, firstly, if you've been involved in the breach or if you use Twitch, reset your password and use a strong password. Yeah, use a strong password. So um, I use for almost all of my passwords. Um, I've got a password manager that generates random passwords for me. Those mm-hmm. are the passwords I use. Yeah, because and we've mentioned this previous in previous episodes as well. It's like it's all about entropy. So the more complex you can make your password, it's not necessarily about length. But if you can, uh, random passwords are by far the most secure, but they're hard to remember. So that's yeah. where password managers come in. Yeah. So and yeah, as you mentioned, now's a good time to actually uh, reset your password. And if you're picking weak passwords or reusing passwords. This should be a wake-up call to make you reconsider those practices. Yeah. But uh, I will suggest, you know, those users just tuning in and and haven't seen the website, Have I Been Pwned? And that is Have I Been, and Pwned is spelled P-W-N-E-D.com. Have a look at that website. Uh, Very reputable. There is a passwords link up on the top there. You can test how strong your passwords are and whether those passwords have already been hashed and and those hashes broken because you may have a strong password, but if you use that password in the past in uh, and, and that, that website or that provider has been involved in a breach, uh, it doesn't matter if you've got the strongest password in the world. If someone's discovered it, then it's in a, uh, a password list for attackers to use. Yeah, so to give you an idea, I mean, I'm on the site now and you can actually you know, check how, how many times a particular password appears in a database so password one two three four 
has been seen 4,309 times. Password 123, 25,809 times. So Yeah, so yeah, don't use those passwords. <laughs> yeah, it sort of shows you sort of the importance of having difficult passwords. And this is where using a password manager to help you manage that particular process yeah. is going to be a, a great tool to help you secure yourself. Absolutely. And we've we've talked about password managers in a previous episode as well. But I think on top of that, you want to start looking at two-factor authentication or they, they increasingly call it multi-factor authentication these days. So whether that be a random code that's sent to your, uh, your phone via SMS or an authenticator app that generates one-time passwords, yeah. I, I think that's really important too. Yeah. And on that note, I, I think we covered this briefly in the last episode. Um, SMS is probably the worst option or oh, the least yeah. secure option because, you know, they can sometimes be intercepted. It's not unknown for somebody who knows a bit about you to try and transfer yeah. your service to someone else to intercept it and you don't know until. Yeah. So if, if that's but the only option, then it's better than that. Arguably, I think SMS is better than nothing. Yeah, uh, and certainly these days, since we've moved away from the GSM standards from back in the day where, you know, anyone with a computer and a bit of knowledge could to could decode your SMS messages. Nowadays, we no longer use GSM. That's old school. Things are a little bit more secure than they used to be. But at the end of yeah. the day, there are those risks. Yeah. Um, so, but you're still better off using uh, SMS-based two-factor authentication than, than nothing yeah, at all. So it's better than nothing. But ideally, if you've got the opportunity to use an app like Google Authenticator, yeah. Microsoft Authenticator, Authy, or one of these other ones, Exactly. That's probably the more secure option because nothing yeah, is, gets transmitted and definitely. it's a lot harder to break into by transferring your phone to someone else. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and that being said too, sometimes the simplest uh, solutions work. Like for example, you can request your telco to have uh, like a password or a pin added to your account. So if you or someone else pretending to be you rings up on your behalf, trying to change or port away your number, yep. um, there's at least that extra level of uh, privacy. So for example, where that might uh, come in handy is if someone knows your date of birth, your full name, your address, all those little checks that would ordinarily pass uh, as ID checks uh, to a provider, if they don't have that password, that verbal password that you give over the phone, and I know Telstra is one of the ones that do this, um, and they also use multi-factor authentication via SMS, um, then they're not going to be able to port your number away. Yeah, and you know, with my mobile, I've actually got uh, sort of an additional layer of security in that for my service to be ported away from my current provider, they will actually text me a, a code and I have to provide that code. That's right. Um, so, so you as the owner of the phone, the owner of the service would uh, would be alerted yeah. to that. And that, that's basically that's basically a warning for me. If I get a phone call saying text us this number back to transfer your service, I yeah. know my mobile service has potentially been compromised and I should investigate. Yeah, so definitely. Think, so something like that. But yeah, two-factor authentication where you provide a code, usually it's via a code in your phone, um, although biometrics is... Um, 
becoming slightly more common now. Mm. Um, yeah. The thing with biometrics is you're still relying on a password at yeah. the end of the day because, you know, a uh, biometric sensor could fail, so then it falls back to a password. So you still want to make sure that that, that yeah. password underneath is strong and it's something you can remember or something you had access to. And interestingly, although this isn't so much relevant in terms of Twitch, but it's relevant in terms of other things, um, there's actually a fourth level of... Um, so we talk about you know, different factors of authentication. So something you know, which is your password, something yeah. you have, so your phone, something you are, which is biometrics. A lot of banks are also now turning to a fourth factor of authentication, which works behind the scenes, which is where you are. So if suddenly, if you're normally in Australia and suddenly you get a, a transaction from China, mm -hmm. um, they'll basically halt it and go, hang on, this does not fit the pattern of what we'd expect. Let's yeah. just give them yeah. a call and check to see whether this is legit before we process the yeah, payment. Well and that, that that's something the banks are really ramping up on is in terms of security um yes. i know with my bank and i won't name them um but uh my bank verify every single transaction that happens it's uh you have to verify it through their app or via sms uh it, it, no transaction leaves my account without me knowing about it and I'm, I'm talking about your bank transfers that sort of thing like obviously card payments and things like that different story but uh you know if you process a card or someone tries to process a card payment from uh, an obscure location where you clearly aren't or you may not be, then that gets flagged. They usually ring me and uh, say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. So but yeah, um, the, it, it's good. Yeah, the, re the reason I bring that up is um, sort of one of the other things that might become a concern as part of these breaches is... Um, some of these services might hold credit card details. Um, yeah. Twitch is one of them because that's how they process um, donations and that sort of thing. They've basically said, we don't think yet that uh, credit card numbers have been breached. But yeah, if you're ever caught up in something where you think they may have been, you know, there, there are steps at the bank like this to protect you. <coughs> Pardon me. But um, yeah, they're... It's also good if you think they have been breached, um, just contact your bank. They'll take you through the process of, uh, of trying to, um, basically what their process of trying to mitigate against any damages. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think the final sort of word of warning here is um, you need to look out for what you're actually clicking on, whether it be a, a, you know, a link in an SMS. Uh, I know there's uh, the current scams going around saying, you know, uh, you've got a voicemail message, click here to, you know, prevent these messages in the future. Like they seem legitimate, uh, but they're not. They're, they're, they're fishing for your information. Uh, ignore it. If it's unexpected, ignore it. Yeah. Uh, or unless you can verify that the sender uh, is legitimate. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is um, antivirus. Like it, th this is something people have forgotten over the years. And antivirus used to be big in the '90s and the 2000s. And you know, you got your companies like Norton and McAfee's and uh, ESET, and uh, there's any number of them. But uh, they they made a lot of money uh, selling antivirus products. But I think at the end of the day, if you're using Windows 10, uh, you probably don't need to go much further than your standard. Uh, 
Microsoft Defender. It actually does a decent job in the background. Uh, you don't need to be really spending any extra money on uh, these security suites yeah. unless there is a, a specific function uh, that yeah. they do that you... Uh, yeah. Like I, I've written use. about this in the past, um, the Microsoft the Microsoft Defender used to be awful. Like, I would, yes, it no, did, yeah. about five years ago, I wouldn't have trusted it no. as far as I could throw it. But over the years, it's been gradually improving. And yeah. it's it's now um, a reasonable option. Yeah. Um, so it's... Yeah. Unless you're looking Look, if, you, at if you're a Windows user, at least you've got that base level of protection there. Uh, if you need extra functionality, there's a, a bunch of different software out there. If you're a Linux user, uh, the, the I guess the 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 threat is very different. Uh, it's more about what you what you do or what you don't do on your machine. Uh, there, there's no real native uh, Linux viruses out there in the wild. Uh, although there is malicious software there that can affect you. But uh, I think the vast majority of the listeners aren't Linux users. And, and likewise, uh, Apple or Mac OS users, yeah. there's increasingly um, malware and, and viruses and things yeah. like that that are attacking Mac OS. So, Although, yeah, when having said that, I actually wrote stuff on antivirus tools a couple of months, well, a couple of weeks back, and it's actually up on GeekJabber. Um, they used to say that uh, Macs were not affected by viruses. That very quickly changed when flashback Ooh, happened. Yes. Yep. Uh, oh. So if you think you've got an Apple device and you, you're immune, uh, think again, because yeah. that's not true. Yeah. And yeah, so I think all, and it's also worthwhile mentioning, just as a final thing, make sure you check out where you're getting your software from. So some random file on this site is infected with malware.com is probably not a good source of information. So make sure you work as far as possible. You're going to sort of reputable vendors and reputable websites to actually get your yeah. software. Yeah. Because um, the problem with like, uh, I've actually seen plenty of, uh, of machines in my time that have never installed it had any sort of security patches installed and they've insisted on uh, running pirated software and the combination of the two has basically meant that I've had one hell of a cleanup job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just be careful about um, where you're getting your stuff from as well. Yeah, uh, that's good advice. Yeah. But, yeah, I think um, hopefully all of this, like, doesn't really scare people. Like, that's not the whole point of this episode. It's just to remind people that security is a shared responsibility. Mm. So, you know, the sites, the sites like Twitch have got a responsibility to make their code and their services as, as secure as we can be. Yep. We have a responsibility ourselves to make sure that, you know, our personal information is and our personal systems are as secure as they can be. So... No, just as sort of summary, don't reuse passwords, use strong passwords, use two-factor authentication where, where available, antivirus software is usually good, and just be careful about what you click on and, um, and where you get your software from. Yeah. 
good advice. Uh, and I think um, if people start doing sort of focusing on that a little bit more, it basically means that when these breaches do happen, um, it basically means the risk to us is a lot lower than it would be if you weren't doing um, using proper security practices. Yeah, I think in a nutshell, I think uh, if there has been, again, back to the, the Twitch breach, if anyone has been caught up in that, or even if you haven't knowingly, uh, change your password. Uh, if you see any suspicious activity, um, make sure you get in contact with the service provider, but you should not be using the same password for every service. Uh, that's probably the one uh, big no-no. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's... Uh very nicely wraps up uh, episode four of the show. Shit. It's four episodes so far. Yes, oh, four episodes. How so good's that? Yes. Uh, excellent. So, um, thank you very much, Nick, for joining us tonight. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we have many more productive episodes. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for having us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, see you next time, people.